Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be finishing up Vayikra with Parashas Vayikra Aliyah Shvi. The topic of our Aliyah is guilt offerings. It runs on Perak Hei Pasuk Yud Alatapeh, Perak Hei Pasuk Yud Chavvav, which is a sum total of um, 16 Sukkim altogether. Let's take a look at the topic of our Aliyah inside and then some basic points to ponder. We hear about what's called the Korban Asham. This is a new type of sacrifice the Asham sacrifice. I'll get to what it means in a second. We hear about um, three different versions of the Korban Asham. It is, yes, the first part of the Aliyah, the first few Psukim, or actually the end of the Korban Olav Yoreid, which is the lowest form of the the Korban Chattas, the sacrifice which is made for mistake. And that this is the, the, the meal offering brought as the lowest form of the Korban Olav Yoreid, the variable sacrifice. However, starting from Pasuk Yodalad, we hear about three different types of Asham. The first one is called an Asham Me'ila. This is when a person commits the sin of Me'ila by mistake. What is Me'ila? Me'ila is when a person misappropriates that which should be belonging to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mikodshei Hashem. So in a situation like that, a person by mistake misappropriates Hashem's property, then they have to bring a Korban Asham Me'ila. The second one, which is discussed in our earlier, is from Pasuk Perikei Pasuk Yudzayin, is what's called an Asham Toloi. It literally means a dependent Asham. So this is a person who really doesn't know, which means to say that he is unsure whether he should pay, bring a Karban Chattas or not. He didn't know if he transgressed by mistake to warrant a Karban Chattas. And finally, the last paragraph of our parasha, which is from Pasuk Chaf onwards, is what's called an Asham Gezela. This Asham sacrifice brought for somebody who has stolen, and then when brought to court, then ultimately swore. If he takes somebody else's thing, he, he finds a lost object, and then he swears that he doesn't, and then he admits in such a situation that he has to return the, the object itself, and he has to pay an extra fifth of a penalty, and he has to bring a carbon. Um, a, a Korban Asham as well. So three of, very, very, of the various Ashamas are talked about in our Aliyah. So a few basic questions to ponder is, first of all, uh, how many types of Asham are there, Asham sacrifices? So we've seen three in our Aliyah. It's worth all noting scattered across the rest of the Torah, there are another three somewhat less frequent cases. One's what's called an Asham Mitzara, a person who's in the purification process from leprosy. Another one is a sh- Asham Shifr Kharufa, a person who had had a, a relationship with a betrothed bondswoman, and an Asham Nazir, a Nazir who has been defiled, and must restart his Naziris. In that case, he also brings an Asham. So those are somewhat those scattered around the rest of the Torah as well. What is the function? What does an Asham actually mean? So the typical translation of what an Asham is, is the word guilt. It is a guilt offering. So we see this elsewhere in the Torah. This appears in, in numerous times where the word Asham, Ashamim Anachnu, the brothers say about um, about their selling of Yosef, that Asham means guilty. The Ramban, say, the Ramban explains that perhaps it doesn't mean guilty, but rather it comes from the word Shamem, which means desolate or destroyed, which means to say that Ramban says that these particular sins are ones which would warrant a punishment of absolute desolation or destruction. The person has put themselves in a compromised state of affairs, that the, this is worse. In fact, the Ramban therefore says that all the karbanas which are described, or the karban ashram, are more severe than a karban chatas, than a regular sin offering over here. This is not a mistake. This is a mistake which has an impression. Why does it leave an impression? Very hard to, to pinpoint this, but one aspect of it is 
is the idea that it's not just enough to say sorry. It's not just enough to say, well, I'm going to repair, I'm going to return the object that I stole, I'm going to return the, 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 the hektash that I took from the base of Megdash and misappropriated it. It, it doesn't work like that because clearly there's a real issue. It's, it's, there's certain things which just can't be unsaid in life. This is, the, this is something which was done, was, showed a, a dent in the relationship which requires a greater form of atonement, which is the Karban Asham as well. It's worthwhile noting that in the last section, where, where a person steals, denies, swears, and then, and then admits, in that case, they, they have to bring an ashram. It's interesting because here you have a very unusual gathering of ideas. On the one hand, you have a person who committed a sin against their friend in society, and yet on the other hand, they're bringing a korban to Hashem. So why is that? Why is it you bring a korban for a social crime in this particular instance? So if we look into the Tosefta, which is uh, the, the additional, it's all the Tanatic teachings over and uh, beyond the Mishnah in Maseches Shuas Perik um, Gimel Pasuk Halacha uh, or um, Tosefta. Hey, there's a the, a teaching of Rabbi Ch- uh, of, uh, of Hanania ben Chachinai. He quotes our Pasuk and he says the following. He says a, a following observation. He says um, the following. He says V'kichesh b'misoy ein adam koyfer b'misoy ad shekoyfer be'ikar. That a person will not deny or make a denial of a, um, of a, uh, in a social crime against their neighbor unless they're denying Hashem. What Rabbi Chadani ben Chachinai is addressing is that somehow in a social crime there is a theological issue. That it's not just that a person randomly steals, that if a person is going to steal, something in their relationship with the Almighty is missing and lacking. The Tosefta goes on to describe Pamachas, Shavas Rabbi Ruvain Betaveria. There was a, Rebbe, a certain Rabbi Ruvain, who it's an unusual name for, for those in the in the in the, in the time, but Rabbi Ruvain was in Tiveria. Motsu Philosoph and a certain philosopher came over to him and said, Omaloi, Ezehu Shonui Sheba Olam. So Sonui Sheba Olam, who's the most hated or despised in society? Omaloi, he responded by saying, a person who denies his own creator. So the the um the the philosopher was 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 uh, puzzled that, that that's the worst person in society. I mean, after all, let's let us sort of deepen the, the puzzlement here. A person who is who is religiously apathetic, agnostic. In the end of the day, if they live a good society in a good society, they don't play loud music. They don't steal, they don't lie, they pay their taxes, they do everything necessary for society. That's the worst person in society? Well, why, why is a person who denies their creator so bad? So he goes on to explain, He goes on to explain all these commandments in the Aseris Adebrois. And says, says Rabbi Ruben in explaining to the philosopher, that we cannot arrive at the second set of ta- the second tablet of the two tablets, which is the social dimension of the law of Judaism, unless we have the higher order and the higher calling of the first dimension, which is the first of the tablets, and therefore society will only fall apart when in social fabric when it's lacking the higher calling. Think about this for a second; it's a very powerful observation. If you look back at to the to different revolutions that were had in the world. The revolutions which did not have God as part of the picture, and yes, there were many terrible wars fought in their religion, and many lives spilled on the altar of, of, the, of one religion over another. 
But if you look at the religion, the the, the revolutions that were ne- that were, were absent of religion, and you look at the carnage which followed in the French Revolution, the Russian Revolution, the Chinese Revolution, if you think about the the the, the societies or the, the that 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 bore, bore such revolutions, it really is pretty terrifying to understand and appreciate the difference between a religious society and an irreligious society, a society which is only cares about keeping safe and a society which has a higher calling and a moral calling. What the Parsha ends off by saying is that it's not enough just to wash one's hands, return the, the, the stolen object and even pay a fine. That's not enough. It's to recognize that in that social crime resides a theological issue. And unless the theological issue is going to be addressed in this case by Karman Asham, then it's never going to really go away and it's never going to be fixed by itself. That's the, the perspective of the last Karban Asham in our parasha. With this, we conclude the parasha. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day and a beautiful Shabbos.